Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church, and we love uh, being with you every week. I'm Connor, and I'm here with Mike, and we're going to get into it today uh, by trying to just feel our way around a question that's probably on a lot of our minds and has been for some time. We wanted we want to jump in on the question: How has everything related to COVID changed uh, habits, where I go, who I see, how I structure my week? And specifically as believers, just asking that question and saying, okay, even some of the things that Mike and I were talking before we started recording, restaurants aren't open every day and it's more common to work from home and travel plans maybe have adjusted and there's more flexibility even in where people are able to work from. Uh, less, you know, large scale concert venues or those kinds of things are happening, conferences. So we just wanna talk through as believers, how should these kinds of changes in society uh, affect our thinking? What are the things that we should prioritize? And of course, this is a really wide kind of a net that we're throwing. So Mike and I will just talk for a bit and maybe see if anything helpful hits the wall. But Mike, I'll just, um, I'll pass it to you. As you've, let, let me say just for you and your family first, as you guys have kind of assessed all these changes that have happened over the last few years, what have been some of the ways that your thinking has adjusted with how you're spending your time, your weeks, time away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just leave it there. Okay. Well, we definitely stock up on toilet paper more than we used to, <laughs> and we eat more canned chicken. So all I can tell you is I love canned chickens, but from Trader Joe's, I'm telling yeah, you what. canned chicken. Uh, seriously, though, um, life has changed. And back in that moment when you couldn't get toilet paper or canned chicken, I remember when it started opening up, you still had to wear your mask, and I, I was like, get 10 get 10 cans of canned chicken uh, because if we get shut down, we want to have something to uh, have for our family or share with others. And so there may be something to, you know, not stockpiling for your own benefit, but just, you know, wanting to be a blessing. But let me get to the question, has life changed? How has life changed? It's changed dramatically. Uh, we were mentioning off, off uh, well, it's not off camera. We're not offline. on camera. Offline? We need to start doing a camera. We should. Wouldn't that be cool? People could see where we're at and That'd stuff be like fun. that. Yeah. I feel like our, our viewers, not viewers, our listeners Might would like that. to be our viewers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let us know. If you if you want to be our viewers, not just our listeners, yeah. let us know. We can tell us. We've got the camera set. We already have a camera we could do. Right. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. I have to, we'd have to comb our hair better, I guess. We would. That's no, true. we both. Our hair is both uh, like combed, totally combed. Presentable. Because we're going into staff meeting in a little while. So no, seriously, let's talk about how life has changed. But first, let's talk about how life has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need that to frame everything. In fact, there's no more pertinent verse for the last two years than Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews 12, verse 2, Jesus is the author and finisher or the founder and perfecter of our faith. He's our preserver. And so the fact that he doesn't change gives us a steady rock, a steady anchor, a steady place that won't move, that won't budge, all while the foundations are shaking, kind of Psalm 46-like, right? right? Uh, God is our refuge in the heart of the sea, right? God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Hmm. He's an immovable 
rock, right? He's an unchanging mm-hmm. God. And so now we can deal with the shifting sands because things are changing. But life has changed immeasurably. I think one of the things I said was that this last two years of ministry, and I'm not looking at myself as, oh, woe is me at all. Mm-mm. But I feel like I've been in I've been in ministry since 1985. So we're talking, what, going on 37 years come March 17th. By the grace of God, all by the grace of God. I've been at three churches, First Baptist Church of Downey, Voyager's Bible Church, and then I came here to Grace Church of Orange in uh, July 29th, 2006 was my first day. And I'm telling you, um, over 35 years of ministry, I, I thought, well, I'm the most blessed of pastors. And I've got all these relationships at these other churches, and God always made it clear that he was calling us to another church, even though we didn't know. We were surprised, mm-hmm. you know, and send, so a church contacts us and we go and uh, after deliberating and, you know, discerning the will of God and all of that. But these last two years have been tougher relationally as a pastor and elder than ever before because so much, and I'm not blaming anyone, okay? I'm in the mix. So much of everyone's anxiety or angst or being upset has been magnified. You know, Psalm 138, verse 2 of God, it says, God, you have magnified above all things, exalted above all things, your name and your word. Mm -hmm. What happens is I think that we have magnified our problems and our issues such that over the last two years, they become supersized to the point that at times we're guilty of maybe eclipsing the glory of God in our life or in the assembly we're part of. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's been a wild few. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, future generations as they write about these few years, in America mm-hmm. at least, you know, just what they'll make of it because it's been such a crazy time, obviously COVID and all that, but then all of the, you know, just maybe fresh, you know, salt in the wounds over race relations in America, gender issues, kind of... I don't know, Trump and everything, you know, around mm-hmm. the 2020 election. There's just been so much that's brought so much division to people. So, I, yeah, I can imagine on the mm-hmm. pastoral side, just like challenges abound. Absolutely. Right. But then some of what we were talking about before we, you know, jumped on here uh, was related to, I guess, more, I don't know if I could say it this way, but like practical, you know, ramifications mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the way that things have changed. Just purely because of COVID and how things have closed and shifted and venues have, you know, or, or, or things that used to be, you know, kind of conducted in a certain way have changed to be conducted in new ways. But mm-hmm. Mike, do you want to jump in on that at all and just say, how's it, how is how have those kinds of things changed and how should a believer uh, evaluate those shifts? Okay, so, so many has changed. You talk about so much has changed. You know, even like a lot of restaurants aren't open Mondays and Tuesdays now. Right. And some, some not till Thursday, yeah. right? Many restaurants say we don't serve lunch anymore, right? And and so why? Well, costs have gone up and dramatically, right? Just dramatic cost increase across the board, and also uh, trouble finding workers. And so and then you know right. chain supply chain demand and and lack of product and what have you. What's interesting is that has changed the way we meet with people, the way we operate that way. So we have more meetings when we're outdoors and we're. Or maybe just sipping on a cup of coffee or a, or a nice cup of tea. There's not a, as much uh, opportunity in some ways. I I don't feel we've like been dramatically hindered, right? But you've had to shift in such a way where it's like, oh yeah, if I'm if I'm going to meet someone on Tuesday, I can't go here, there, or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the bigger the bigger thing for me, and I, and I'm just going to say this, and I am not trying to offend anyone. I'm not trying to 
You know when someone tweets at someone and they they tweet a barb at someone, but they don't make it clear, but everyone knows who they're talking about? Right. This is not aimed this way in any way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm very self-reflective as a pastor, and I've told our, our my fellow elders, I, I probably beat myself up too much about people who have left the church for one reason or another, when our elders are like, yeah, but you didn't create that, mm-hmm. and you just responded, and we don't think you responded in a bad way. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but I still stay awake at night thinking about some of these things and praying and and dealing with maybe even having a hard heart towards some people that have that have maybe misbehaved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not perfect in in the way that I you know navigate things. So the thing I'm I'm trying to say, and I'm, I'm really I know teeing it up, probably taking too long to do it, but I guess I'm a little hesitant how to say it. And let me just trust the Lord to say it in the right way. I, mm-hmm. I would just say that there's been plenty of people that have um, come to grace. Uh, we've grown more than we've lost, but everyone who's coming has a story. And s- some of them didn't leave their former church in all the best ways, probably. And we talk about that with people like, is there any unreconciled relationship you need to work on? Uh, when you left your church, did you do it via email or text or did you go face to face with your elders with your leaders and there have been times i've encouraged people like could you i know by experience could you please just go talk to them and and set up in a meeting because i've found that i have had to do all the initiating of face-to-face meetings people are okay with breaking up with the church via text and email now and then they're bolder to say some things maybe that they Maybe that I hope that they would regret at some point because they weren't as kind as they could have been or what have you. And I think what then I what what I struggle with is so someone, let's say, comes to grace and they're like, no, everything's great. Okay, wonderful. But when everything isn't, I will say, go back and then just trust God whether you should be here at Grace or stay at your other church. For the kingdom, this is for the kingdom. It's not for us, right? But then when someone leaves, oftentimes they will go to this is the hardest part for me as as a as a pastor. Someone will leave grace and they won't, they'll leave some broken relationships or they'll they'll kind of do some parting shots on the way out. And I want everyone to be healthy. And if they go on to a different church and and they didn't leave healthy, then I'm like, how long will it be before that will crop up? Is it possible? And we talked about this the other day. Is it possible to end badly at one church and just thrive at the other church? Hmm. Yes, if there's a repentant heart and if there's some attempt to just make it right with as you're as you're aware, right? As you're aware, some people are just not aware, and that hopefully you listen to to wise, godly counsel on that. But what has struck me the most is people who have left grace, and maybe it's for a relational issue or a political issue, you know, or a social issue, and they go to a church that is absolutely um, different theologically in dramatic ways where we would say that isn't biblical. Mm-hmm. Whether it's women elders, women preaching, um, taking kind of taking the Bible and making it into social issues mm-hmm. versus uh, you know letting the Bible shape the way you you interact. But I'm finding that like it's a, like people will go to churches that are teaching things that I thought they didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, as long as we're away from that church, we're okay with this. I don't know what to do with that theologically because I think the- theology drives everything we do about our practice. So that has changed too. The way someone has, leaves a church, it's usually yeah. not as clean as it could be. Right. And my heart aches. My heart right. aches over it. My heart breaks over it. I want to do anything I can, as much as I can, to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Right. And and take the high road and mm. forbear. Plenty of things we just never bring up to anybody and we just say, you know what? This is in God's hands it's okay and right. we wish good for them we pray right. blessing and good for every christian yeah there can be some there can be some painful uh self-analysis in that too i was reading a pastor 
the other day who who was saying we covid stripped back a lot of our a lot of our kind of visible ministries all the activity that we had going on as your church and this i mean at least for a time was true at grace mm-hmm. we were down to pretty much you know well at one point only live streaming and then just kind of meeting under the tent on sundays mm-hmm. so a lot of the weekly gatherings outside of that were kind of stripped back and this this guy was saying as the dust has settled and things are kind of starting to reemerge all of that was pulled away and we were left looking at just the remaining reality of the discipleship that we've been doing all along and he said and it it wasn't pretty um because you know people who had been so involved in all these different things when all that was pulled away Mm -hmm. and it just came down to you and your relationship with christ and your relationship with the church they realized wow there's some some gaping holes here and maybe Mm -hmm. people aren't they they didn't have the kind of life with the lord that we actually thought they did and their discipleship wasn't as deep and mature as we thought. So I think COVID's had that impact too in a church sense, you know, maybe, and we've seen this at Grace, some families who maybe were super involved in different things as COVID has kind of, you know, put those things to rest or at least did for a time, immaturity maybe was revealed that wasn't on the table before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, at the, and then at the same time, other people have just been such a joy to watch as they've just poured themselves out even more for the body. So, but yeah, go ahead. You had yes. And I, but, and I think going along with that, my immaturity has, has, has shown itself, yeah. right? We Amen. all, we do this self-reflective, you know, Lord, is it I, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, around the table and Jesus says, someone, one of you is going to betray me and Lord, is it I? Right. Like we should be asking the question, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting. We were pared down to the basics and the basics weren't enough for some people. Yeah, there weren't enough. That's the a discipleship good, that's a great way of saying it, right? Right. Worship, discipleship, and evangelism wasn't enough. And you know, the the whole consumeristic idea of well, let's go where we can get more of what we want. Uh, the question that so many churches have asked to is, so what do we do now? Do we just kind of boomerang back to exactly what we did before, or do we reassess? And I think that's the hardest thing to do when we are tempted to kind of knee jerk uh, go back to. Um, business as usual or whatever right, you want to call right. it, right? And I think people like that familiarity. And as yes. leaders, it is very easy to just want to immediately, if if you can use this language, give the people what they want, you know? And it's yeah. like, oh, well, everybody loves X ministry. So we just yeah. launched back into it just, mm-hmm. you know, as always, without even asking the question, is this really what's best for the discipleship of every person who's at this local church? Right. We, when we noticed we were looking on our website and you can go to anyone's website and realize, okay, there are things we don't do anymore that are still listed. And some of our local outreach just got shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Because of all the COVID stuff. Right. And it's still shut down. Like, you know, we had uh, an outreach to a local retirement uh, facility. It's not It's not available to us anymore right. at this point. We're still right. checking. Um, the one thing, too, about, you know, going back to this idea of pared down to basics and what do you do now, some biblical gaping holes did show up with some people, like a misunderstanding of the nature of the local church. Right. And the nature of church leadership. And you know, just what it, what does it mean to be a part of a local church? Right. No, yeah. it's so true. I think mean, as as long as things are just humming along, I'm involved in my ministries. I have my my men's group, my women's group, my kids mm-hmm. thing, my this, my that, my home group, blah blah blah. All the things that are so you know routine for us. As long as those things are humming along, I think that it's just easy to you know. And I would say this to myself too. I I'm constantly realizing, wow, I've fallen in the rut of just doing the things that I you know do every week, but not actually having much substance in my relationship with the Lord, not much time in prayer, you know, maybe yes. even neglecting the word. So 
And then even in relationships with other believers, thinking mm-hmm. more about, okay, what are the different, you know, quote, things that I'm involved with rather than actually just loving other people in the body. So yes. when those things are pulled back, it can reveal what's in all of our hearts, you know, and maybe oftentimes how ugly it really is and how little love there is. But mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. So let's end it with one last thought. Yeah. Okay. What do you do when everything has changed, but Jesus never changes as a believer? What do you do? My answer is you dig deep with Christ in your local church. So you dig deep with Christ, but it's not just you and Christ. You've got to be more committed into your local church. If you're not a member, become a member at your church. Uh, I want to commend to you a book, and I've mentioned it on the podcast previously, but it's called A Place to Belong. A Place to Belong, subtitle, Learning to Love the Local Church. Megan Hill wrote this beautiful book, and I'm telling you, it brings me to tears at times. It's just so poignant. She wrote it in 2020. So she wrote it kind of, you know, she was probably writing it before COVID hit. I don't know. Right, right. But if you, you'll see see how many things I've underlined in this book mm-hmm, as I'm flipping it through mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see how many dog-eared pages there are. Yeah. Or what is that called? That's not even a dog-eared page. That's like a... <laughs> Mike's got a page folded completely in half. <laughs> so this is, you better you go back it. to this. You better go back yeah. to this. And uh, I'm going to read what I've got, what I had marked. She says, what's more, our holiness is not merely personal. It is also the foundation of our corporate identity as the church. The surprising thing about the Bible's testimony is that the word saints does not single out exemplary church members or church members whose gifts and graces are only of a particular variety. Hmm. Just the idea that we are in the body of Christ with with whom God has chosen to put in his body. Hmm. And in our local church, we are to reflect the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace with people that are vastly different than us. Right. Knowing that we're all being made holy by God. Right. It's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Super helpful. Uh, something that came to mind as we were talking is the pandemic. One of the things that's affected is it has cut the cost for a lot of people of uh, living further away from the city. And for a lot of people, that's meant a, a long jump across the not across the pond, <laughs> but across the states to other parts of the country. So maybe mm-hmm. on a future podcast, Mike, we could maybe tackle that question of how should I think about, you know, the opportunities that have come to maybe leave this local body because I'm moving, mm-hmm. whether it's to Riverside or or Rancho or Tennessee or, you know, okay. England or whatever. Let's but do that. That was just a question that came to let's mind. Let's do that on another podcast. And let's remember, listeners, do you want to be viewers? That's right. Oh, yeah. Come up to us on a Sunday and say, hey, I want to be a viewer. Uh, you can tell us that. Turn or, on the video camera. You can, yeah, somehow let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. Uh, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We love you and we pray for you. Until next time, have a great week, and we will talk to you a week from now on the Ordinary Church Podcast. Have a great day.